0: welcome to leading lights you're about to hear a message from lighthouse church we are i'm going to do a a sermon on the parables for a a couple of weeks and i've chosen the parable of the storm (laughs) today so let's read from matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 it'll be on the screen the same parable was written in luke chapter 6 And so what I've done is I've added the extra words that are in Luke, I've added them to the Matthew passage so that we get both of them together on the screen. You're gonna see both of them. So Jesus was speaking, he was up on a mountain, there was a crowd of people gathered around him and he shared the Sermon on the Mount, which is amazing, Matthew 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. And then right at the end, he shares this, therefore, whoever comes to me, and hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. So what I'm doing is I'm putting the two accounts, Matthew and Luke together into one. So there may be a bit of repetition in the words, but it's helpful because it shows us everything Jesus said. So Matthew and Luke, were sitting there, uh, listening to Jesus. Now Luke wasn't there, but he was recounting somebody else's account of it. But anyway, whoever was sitting there was listening to Jesus, and Jesus said all of these words that I've put on the screen, but Matthew recorded the ones he could, or he felt led by the Spirit to record, and Luke recorded the other ones, but they were all said, and so when we put them together, you get a fuller picture of what Jesus said. Um, whoever comes to me hears these sayings of mine and does them. There's three things there. Jesus was saying that there is an important uh, power released when you come to him, where you hear his words and when you do them. And I'm very challenged by that. First of all, how often do I come to him? Do I expect God to come to me? Do I expect God to find me to break into my radio station and preach a sermon or to write a sign in the sky or to have a Christian with a prophecy come up and shake me and say, you need to hear this. Do I expect God to come to me or do I come to him? Because he says, if I come to him, if I make the effort to say, Lord, I'm ready, I'm waiting, I wanna hear you, I'm reading your word, I'm listening to verses, I'm listening to Christian music, I'm praying and letting you speak, do I come to him? Then it says, here's the sayings of Jesus, here's the words. So it's not enough just to come, I've gotta be listening. How many of us have been in a service, and I include myself in this, and the person is preaching good stuff from the Bible, and my mind is thinking, What about that balance sheet I've got to try and get to balance on Monday? (laughs) Amen, anyone want to repent right now? (laughs) There's a a requirement for us to be listening and, and, and wanting to hear, amen? Again and again in the Bible, it says, he who has he- ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, it's not, just, it's not just the physical audio going in. My heart and my mind have to also hear, not just my eardrums. And I've got to say, Lord, I'm listening, I'm listening. And then he says, and does them. I've been so challenged. So just to give you a little bit of background, we record sermons for our TV show about eight weeks in advance. So this last week, because of the Christmas break, I was recording sermons for the 25th of February next year. So I know what's gonna happen in three months' time now, amazingly enough, but the Lord has challenged me so much. I've been doing a series of sermons on the heart the mind, will, and emotions, body, soul, and spirit of a man, and it's this thing of how God wants to break through with the sword of his spirit right through my body and my soul and all the way into my spirit and reveal my thoughts and intentions and emotions and then bring that life out of it. I'm not going to preach that sermon because you'll have to wait for the 25th of February to hear it, but what what this passage says, the same thing, is I've gotta come, I've gotta hear, both audio and heart, and then it's gotta come deep so that it produces a, a response, an action in me. And the thing that I've found in the sermons I've been preaching on, on TV, or the recordings of the sermons, is that if I hear his word and he cuts deep, but I choose not to respond not to obey my heart gets harder so every time i hear his word there's one of two reactions that are going to happen number one the desired response is my heart is broken it changes me my emotions are affected my mind is affected my will is affected i say yes lord you're right his power is relieved released And I actually leave walking in a different direction every time. You say, Greg, really? Am I supposed to be changed every time I hear his word? Yes. The Bible says, as the the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead and faith comes from hearing the word of God. So what happens is I hear, faith is born in me, the the sword of the Spirit goes right deep, and faith and hope and excitement are born in me, but now if I choose not to act on it, faith without actions is dead, if I choose not to, what happens is my heart closes up and a scar forms, and I become less sensitive to God. And over time, the more I do that, you and I both know this is true. I become less and less and less sensitive and, and God's word hardly affects me anymore. But praise God, he's given us the ability to fix that by breaking our hearts again, saying, Lord, I wanna hear, I'm so sorry. Uh, he says in Hosea that we can break up or plow up the hard ground of our hearts. We say, Lord, I want to hear. Please, would you change my mind, my emotions, and my will, and my actions, and I will serve you, and he always answers that prayer. But I just felt I needed to remind us all that we need to not just come, not just hear, but actually do something. When God speaks, he expects us to change, and that's why in this church, at the end of every sermon, we maybe we'll sing another song and then somebody gets up and says, now what does God want to do in your life today? We don't want it just to be head knowledge, we want it to cut through, break our hearts and change something in our lives every time. So Jesus said, whoever comes to me, hears and does these sayings of mine, I will liken him to a wise man. And wise in the Bible doesn't only mean head knowledge, It means you're living the way God wants you to live. Liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Building a house, he dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. There's a digging deep. There's another parable, the parable of the sower, where he says a farmer threw out seed, which is the word of God, and some hearts were hard like a path and the birds just picked off the seed and it didn't penetrate. Other soil was shallow and it went in and there was joy, but there was no root. And so when trouble or trial or hardship came, that that little plant died. And that root speaks of this digging deep where I allow God's word not just to entertain my ears. I say, oh, what a lovely little sermon. Maybe there's a bit of joy. Yay, God loves me. No, no. What, is, what are the... Ramifications, what are the consequences if I believe this? How will it change my relationships, my desires, my actions, my decisions, my time use? All these different things. I allow it to go deep and I say, God, I want this word to have the maximum penetration and effect in my life. Every area that this will affect, let it go deep and let me think about it and weigh it up and count the cost and say, this is important. It's not just a thing, oh, what a nice little talk. No, I let it go deep. He dug deep and he laid a foundation on a rock. Let's listen to what happened. Verse 25. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and the stream beat vehemently on that house and could not shake it. It did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. I'm gonna come back to this person in a moment, but let's read about the other person. So this person's name is Alan, and he lives in the path of a tornado, and he's founded his house on a rock, and even though the storms come, the beams don't hit him. He is fine, praise God. Let's read verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, or Luke's version says, did nothing. So it's either I choose not to, you know, you're given a choice when you hear God's word. Forgive those who have sinned against you, okay? I can either choose, no, I do not want to forgive that person, Auntie Mabel, That I will not forgive her. I will not do that, God. That's, where he, it says he does not do them, but there's some people who just do nothing. They don't make a decision, but by not making a decision, they are making a decision. He says in Luke's version, they did nothing. In other words, they didn't say, I will not obey God. They just said, blah, whatever. Oh well, I'm, I'm not gonna commit today. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna engage. He says it's, that's the same as if they chose not to. Wow. <laughs> I'm reminded of, so my wife, just when we were leaving South Africa, we were walking through a shopping center, and a person said, a free vacuum cleaning of the carpets in your house, no strings attached, We'll come, we'll wash your carpets, we'll show you how great our vacuum cleaner is, and you have no pressure to buy. And bless her, my wife believed them. And she said, come on in. And they spent two hours cleaning her carpets. And she said, thanks, bye. And they wouldn't leave. Because they said, we need you to buy this thing. Literally for an hour. By the end of it, they were begging her. They were saying, my children need to eat. You must buy this thing. It was so uncomfortable. What was happening there? She thought it was no strings attached. For them, it was life or death. Friends, how many of us hear God's word and we think it's like watching It's like watching a cartoon on TV. I can switch it off, I can take it seriously. Nobody is expecting anything of me. There's no response required. It's not important and God says it's life or death. You must choose. Wow. Jesus said, there was another man who heard the words and either did not or did nothing He will be like a foolish man who built his house. What? He built his house? So both men built a house? You see, I thought wrongly in my little brain that Christians are building a house and non-Christians are not building a house. But he says, no, everyone's building a house. Therefore, building a house means making decisions taking actions, investing your emotions, investing your time, setting your passions on things, putting your money into things, making plans and actions and decisions. Every one of us is doing that, but this is the difference. Some of us are doing them based on God's word, and some of us are doing them based on anything else. He will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand without a foundation. You know there's an amazing verse in Hebrews 11 where it's talking about Abraham and it says he was looking for a city that was built and founded by God. He was looking for a city that was built and founded by God, a permanent city. Now Abraham was one of the most amazing guys. He started in Babylon, he moved to Haran, then he moved throughout Israel and he went to lots of different places. Then he went down to Egypt and he spent a long time in Egypt with the Pharaohs where they built the pyramids and all those big monuments and cities. Then he went to another place where there was another king where there were cities. Abraham saw all the biggest cities of his day And none of them was the city that he was looking for because he was looking for a city that had a foundation that would last forever. And this is what this is talking about. We need to build on a foundation that will last forever. And this is where we see what the storm is talking about. It's not just talking about um, Storm Chiron that came a couple of weeks ago. It's not just talking about that kind of storm, there are layers of application. So for my dad, he was a very clever man and he was very popular and he was very good at sports and he was quite well off. And then at the age of about 40, 45, his life started unraveling. My mom divorced him, he lost his job, and a whole lot of things went wrong, and at the age of 49, he committed suicide, and he wasn't a believer. For him, the storm came when he was middle-aged. I have met people, and the storm came very early. Some people, it's, it's childhood, and that's tragic. For some people, it's, it's in their 20s. You know, there's this new phenomenon now where people are growing up in our schooling and society and they're being told you're a winner, you're successful, everybody loves you, the world is your oyster, and then they get into the real world job market and the boss is not so kind, and they have a crisis at the age of 22, 24, 26, because the world is not what they thought it would be. There are a lot of videos out at the moment on the internet of young people, 20s and 30s, who say, what's going on? I did everything I was told to do, I got the degree, I did all this, and the world is terrible and I can't afford to live and I'm struggling and they're having a a quarter life crisis, the world is calling it. For them, the storm comes then. For some people, it's a sickness. For some people, it's a marriage breakdown. For some people, the storm never comes until judgment day and those are the ones I feel the most sorry for. Because you know what, storms are not nice, but if they reveal to me before I die that I need to rebuild my foundation, then I welcome the storm. Because it shows me before it's too late and I have time to start again and build on the rock. There are people in Jersey like that. We did an alpha course about 10 years ago And there was one of the weeks we were talking about suffering in the world and there was a lady at our table who was a Jersey lady and she said, there's nothing wrong with this world. She said, there's nothing wrong with this world. I said to her, have you never had any suffering in your life? She said, no, not really. Everything's been fine. I said, have you never had something stolen from you? She said, yes, but the police caught the person and I got the stuff back and the insurance paid. I said, have you never had a tragedy? Have you never had somebody treat you wrong? She said, not really. I've got a lovely family. I've got lots of money. I've, I've got everything I need. I said to her, what about the suffering children on living on piles of rubbish in India who have no home and they have to scavenge through the dustbins to find food. She says, well, that's somebody else's problem. I'm I'm sure there's a reason for that. But I am fine and I've never had any need. Friends, the storm will come. In both of these cases, the storm came. The question is, when will it come? For me, it came very early. My childhood was terrible. I can remember being six years old, my parents were always in the pub, and me and my sister were left to just our own devices till 10, 11, 12 at night, dingy places, horrible dirty places, cold, we didn't have enough warm clothing to wear. We were always worried on the drive home that our parents would crash because they were drunk. And it was, a, it was a terrible time. I can remember trying to explain and protect my little sister and say, don't worry, mom's just tired. Because she was acting so terrible. But you know what? I'm grateful for the storm. God never sent the storm, but he provided a way for me to find the true foundation. And at the age of 17, somebody told me the gospel and I gave my life to Jesus and he rewired my brain, he rewired my heart, he fixed me up and he put me back together as a whole new person. I'm so grateful to him because what he did was he said, I'm not only gonna tell you my words, I'm gonna help you rebuild your foundation so that it's strong and firm and then I'm gonna help you build on it and live a life which, Yes, the storms will come again and again, and there have been many, but you know what? There's always something firm at the bottom. It doesn't matter how bad the world gets around me. I know God will never leave me. I know my value, my significance, my security is in him and his love for me and what Jesus did for me. And it's not in my performance, how much money I have or how easy my life is. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you went through the ultimate storm on the cross for me, for us. Jesus, you took the punishment and the isolation and the pain and the penalty of the sin of the whole human race upon yourself so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have acceptance and a home in heaven, and that we could have a foundation that will never be shaken. I pray for myself and I pray for every single person in this room today that you would help us, Lord, to use the storms to good effect rather than allowing them to destroy us. Help us, Lord. Come in with your comfort, with your love, with your peace, with your miracle power. Show us your words so that we can build a foundation on your words and change us today forever we pray in Jesus name amen thanks for listening please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on apple podcasts please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com